Hello everyone and welcome to Refinery Life Australia. I'm Gary Hogan, I'm the Senior Pastor and Lead Elder of Refinery Life Church in the Gold Coast. If you're on the Gold Coast, come and join us as we meet together and we share in the Word of our Lord. We meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 222 Turpin Road, Labrador. And more details are available on our website which is www.refinerylife.org. To start the new year off on Sunday evenings, we, we're going to work through our way through our way through a nine-week series on the life and journey of Peter as he sought to be a faithful servant of Jesus. And the theme is going to be Peter's pilgrimage of faith. And today we're going to talk about the preparation of Peter for Pentecost. The text we're concentrating on is Acts 1. Eight, and it says, But you will receive the power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses to tell people about me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. And the scriptures that we'll work through today and that you can read at your own leisure later on is Acts 1, 1 to 12. So for the next nine Sunday evenings, this is what we're going to be talking about. And you're invited to consider what the Holy Spirit accomplished through Simon Peter from the time of Jesus' ascension until Peter's death. Just before his ascension, Jesus gave his apostles this command. It was Acts 1, 4-5. It says, While being together and eating with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, of which he said, You have heard me speak. Verse 5, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized and empowered and united with the Holy Spirit from now on. And after Jesus' ascension, about 120 of his followers went to an upper room in Jerusalem to wait, just as Jesus had commanded. So let's have a look at the preparation of Jesus' disciples. It's in Acts 1, 1 to 5. Now Jesus showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. The disciples had come from doubt to certainty about Jesus' resurrection. The disciples knew that he, had, he was alive, that he had been resurrected. They had seen the risen Lord. And Jesus instructed his disciples at this point. He spoke to them of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. In the four Gospels, we have a small little bit of his instruction. The sermons on Acts undoubtedly reflect Jesus' teaching during the 40 days between his resurrection and his ascension. And during this period, Jesus reinterpreted their holy scriptures for them. For Cleopas and his companion, who did not know the meaning of the scripture about the Messiah's resurrection, Jesus, on the way from Jerusalem to Emmaus, explained, as was written in Luke 24, 25-27, says, Then Jesus said to them, O foolish men, and slow of heart to trust and believe in everything that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things, and only then to enter his glory? Then the beginning with Moses, and throughout all the writings of the prophets, he explained and interpreted for them the things referring to himself found in all the scriptures. Later that night, Jesus appeared to the startled disciples in Jerusalem. He showed them his hands and his feet, and he ate a piece of broiled fish and honeycomb to assure them that he was no spirit or apparition. 
Luke 24, to 44-46 says, Then he said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything which has been written about me in the law of Moses and the writings of the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. He then opened their minds to help them understand the scriptures. Verse 46, and said, And so it is written that the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, would suffer and rise from the den on the third day. And then Jesus gave them commandments in Luke 24, 46 to 48. Let's start in verse 46 again. And so it is written, he said, that the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance, necessary for forgiveness of sins, would be preached in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And then we have the account in John 20, and it's very instructive. Look at John 20, 21. Says then Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you as my representatives. Sometime between his resurrection and his ascension, Jesus met the disciples by appointment at a mountain in Galilee. And the angel at the tomb had instructed the women in Mark sixteen, six and seven. It says, And he said to them, Do not be amazed. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See, here is the place where they laid him. Verse 7, But go, tell the disciples and Peter, He is going ahead of you to Galilee, and you will see him there, just as he told you. This was probably the assembly of above 500 brethren, of whom Paul wrote about in 1 Corinthians 15.6. And it was probably to them that the Lord delivered the Great Commission which we all know. Let's read it now. It's Matthew 28, 16 to 20. It says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. Some doubted that it was really he. Verse 18, Jesus come up and said to them, All authority, all power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and obey my words, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstance, on on every occasion, even to the end of the age. And at the end of 40 days, after his resurrection... And just before his ascension, Jesus led his disciples to Mount Olivet. And instead of expressing interest in the coming of the Holy Spirit, who would lead them all in witnessing to the nations, they asked in Acts 1.6. Let's read it. So when they had come together, they asked him repeatedly, Lord, are you at this time re-establishing the kingdom and restoring it to Israel? They just didn't quite understand what was happening. Since 63 B.C., Israel had been a province of Rome, and it had achieved no real independence since the captivity about six centuries earlier. The restoration of the kingdom was considered part of the sure mercies of David, but Jesus replied in Acts 1.7. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, 
you know, there's some things that we do not know or need to know. The times and the seasons are with God. The duty of the disciples, then as it was now, as it is now, was to bear witness as Jesus commanded in Acts 1.8. It says, but you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. And then in Acts 1.9-12, we had the ascension. Jesus had accomplished on earth the work that the Father had given him to do. John 17, 4 and 5 says, I have glorified you down here on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory and majesty that I have had with you before the world existed. Jesus told his disciples in John 16, 7, But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counsellor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you, to be in close fellowship with you. He would go away that he might be nearer. Incarnate as Jesus, he was confined to a human body. As the Holy Spirit, he could dwell within all believers Look at Acts 1.9. It tells us of the ascension. It says, After he said these things, he was caught up as they looked on, and, they, and a cloud took him up out of their sight. We are not to think that Jesus passed through infinite space. He passed from the sphere of the seen and temporal to the sphere of the unseen and the eternal. He will, recogn- he will be recognized by spiritual insight rather than visual sight. We are not to think of Jesus just out there somewhere. He's right here with us. And of course he's out there and he's here at the same time. He did not say in Matthew, or sorry, did he not say in Matthew 28, 18, all authority, all power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. If we as humans, via television and the internet, can watch other humans walk on the moon and and go into space. Surely the risen Lord can be in heaven and on earth at the same time. And then there's the promise of our Lord's return in Acts 1, 10 and 11. It says, While they were looking intently into the sky as he was going, two men in white clothing suddenly stood beside them, who said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will return in the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. This Jesus is the same person they'd all known in the days of his flesh. How encouraging is that? He will come the same way, gloriously, mysteriously, but not necessarily to the same spot or to live in human flesh or to reign at earthly Jerusalem. Times and seasons are in God's hands, but the words of Jesus, especially Matthew in Matthew 25, 31, through to the end of the chapter, seem to indicate that his second coming will end the gospel age. Now, he is present with believers in the person of the Holy Spirit, fulfilling his promises. Let's look at Matthew 28, 20. Teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, 
regardless of circumstance, and on every occasion, even to the end of the age. You know, the disciples had been assured that Jesus was alive. Jesus opened their eyes to the truths of their scriptures so they could see the purpose for Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. He then commanded them to bear witness to his death and resurrection to all people. But he first instructed them to go to an upper room in Jerusalem and wait. Why was that? It was because Jesus had commanded in Luke 24, 49. Listen carefully, it says. I am sending the promise of my Father, the Holy Spirit, upon you. But you are to remain in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed, fully equipped with the power from on high. They weren't to witness in their own authority and power, but in the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit. In a few days, at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit would inaugurate the gospel age by pouring out his power on the waiting disciples. Let us also wait before God. Let us not run ahead or lag behind the Holy Spirit, for the task of world evangelization is under his direction and under his power. And as we finish up today, let me encourage you to be diligent with your Bible study time because God has so much more for us than we can get from going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the Word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a Redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for Him and He can make you whole, spirit, soul and body if you will allow Him to. And you're important to God, you know that already, but you're also important to us at the refinery. When it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal his promises directly to you. So whatever you're concerned about and you need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. And until next time, stay in the blessings. Stay in the blessings.